Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Voice Hugs, a podcast on becoming your best self and embracing all seasons of life with open arms. This is your host, Vivian and Rowena. Hello. <laughs> so we are a few weeks into the new year, and today Rowena and I thought it would be fun to talk about social media. Oh, dear old social media. Okay, so for Rowena, she realized she spent too much time on social media in 2020, starting from 2020 to 2021. It just became like a thing that I would go on to and mindlessly scroll, and it's something that I really want to work on for Vivian. For myself, I realized that in the year of 2021, I would fall into these deep rabbit holes of comparing myself to other people, even though I know the use of social media and how you use it can impact can impact you can impact <laughs> can impact your happiness your depression yeah. anxiety but i still struggled with remembering and internalizing that so as we enter 2022 both of us one of our new year's resolutions is to have a healthier relationship with our phones with social mm-hmm. media specifically so let's get right into it let's get right into it Since social media is part of your job, Mm -hmm. do you feel like it impacts your day-to-day or what does your typical use of social media look like on a weekly basis? You know, when Instagram had or like all of Facebook properties had that blackout towards the end of 2021 and everyone's like, what did you do in the eight hours that it was down? And I actually was uh, a little disappointed that I picked up my phone many, many times to open up Instagram and was so disappointed that it was still down between working and between sprints of work and between, I guess, like sprints of productivity. I would pick up my phone or like when I'm in line, when I'm waiting for stuff, I would pick up my phone and just like hop on Instagram Five minutes here and there, 10 minutes here and there, but it adds up because I'm looking at my screen time. It's averaging over six hours. Thankfully, only one hour is Instagram, but still, I think that's like an hour that can be spent doing a lot of other things at the end of the day is just like not being too intentional or mindful with my time. And going back to your first question of it being my quote unquote job and how I use it. As you guys know, I'm actually not the best at posting. I usually just go on Instagram to look at my friend's stories and then clicking through a few means clicking through all of them. Even though it is a part of my job, a part of me wish it wasn't. So I wouldn't give myself the excuse that, hey, you need to kind of keep an eye on what's going on to know what's trendy, to know what other people are posting. So yeah, I really think if it wasn't, if my job wasn't tied to social media at all, I would just not have I would live off the grid. I would love to live off the grid. (laughs) (laughs) I would too. I feel very similar. I guess, well, social media is obviously not part of my job at all, but (laughs) I will go through periods or weeks where I'll delete the app off my phone. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of similar to what you're saying about, you know, the eight hours of social or when I say social media, I specifically mean Instagram. That's the only... Just Instagram. Just Instagram. That's the only app that I use. I don't use anything else. But what I notice is when I don't have the app on my phone, I catch myself grabbing my phone and looking for the app. And it's almost this automatic reaction to... It feels like you're addicted to it in a way. Mm. So you mean when you've deleted it, you still reach for your phone and try to look for it? Yeah. I like forget that I delete it. And so mm. that 
it takes a couple of days for me to get used to remembering that I don't have the <gasps> app on my phone. I think that just shows how often I use it. For mm-hmm. me, I don't post much at all, but I do consume a lot when I'm on it. And mm-hmm. that's part of why I guess in 2021, I wasn't as intentional every time I grabbed my phone and it definitely did not play a positive role in my <laughs> life. <laughs> But I think what you're saying is like what I tried to say just now of how I was definitely consuming far more than I was creating. And I think this is probably for most of us. Yeah. (laughs) Sad face. Have you felt like being on social media has affected your mental health? Yeah, I would say um, it severely impacted my mental health, especially because I feel like our generation we grew up with Instagram. It was popping like it started popping off when we're in college and that was kind of also when you're going through personal crises of like who am I who do I want to be it's a part in our lives where I think we're all a bit more volatile and for me to see these perfected images of triangle bikini models or just like all these different models that all the guys including my ex at the time would be following I wanted to look like that. I wanted to be that. And even though I know this isn't true, a part of me really believed that had I looked more like these models, I would be more lovable. It was because of all of this and because of my, I guess, like, not, I was going to say mental instability. I don't think it's my mental instability. I think it was just like I was younger and I wasn't as confident and sure in who I was it led to an eating disorder. And like, you know, I also went through my darkest times. If you guys have been following me on my YouTube channel, you like this comes to no, this should come as no surprise. Ever since then, like having gone through this like really dark place in my life, I think I've tried to be far more intentional with how I live my life. But with anything that had such deep roots in your being and like in your mental space, It's not something that'll completely disappear forever. It still does affect me now. It just isn't as intense as it used to. When you're that young, you also don't really have your sense of self. And I just remember we were still so young, like what, we were like 20, 21, (laughs) (laughs) to feel that way so young. And The crazy thing, which is not even that crazy, is that so many people now are feeling that at an even younger age, like people Mm -hmm. are now on social media, even younger than 13, depending on how their parents manage their phone usage. A lot of people probably are still going through very similar things. If some people might not even be aware of it, you know, Mm -hmm. or be like really trapped in it. Like even myself, someone who I know how social media can affect me, I still am affected by it. And same with you. Yes, very much so. Instagram used to be chronological order. Mm-hmm. When you see your newsfeed in chronological order, it felt like I was just catching up with what my friends posted. And it was mm-hmm. very intimate. It just felt like MySpace, Facebook, a little bit more like a community. And then when that algorithm changed so that they were pushing the best performing posts on top, I personally felt a big shift. Now, if your image is not performing well, you're getting less likes. People are not seeing what you're doing. So all of a sudden you feel rejected, you feel not important. And then you compare your posts or 
you compare the posts of other people against each other and you're like, well, hmm, maybe it's because of their body. Hmm, maybe it's because of their personality. They're so funny. They're so smart. They're so, quote, better than you, which is, again, not true. I guess it's like when you think of this comparison, what are the things that usually come up for you? It's very easy to look at your feed and receive these moments in other people's lives as their entire life is perfect. They're reaching all of their milestones, engagements, babies, new job, even boyfriend taking them out on a sushi date. Oh my gosh, they got a surprise gift from all of their close girlfriends. Oh, they're going on another vacation Mm -hmm. with their best friends of 10 years. And then you look at yourself all of a sudden and you're like, wait, how come I'm not doing those things? How come I'm not reaching some of these milestones? You forget to be grateful for what you do have in that moment. And if you keep consuming the content, especially if you're not in a good mental place, that comparison can really affect how you view your self-worth and your value. Yeah, I feel like, I don't know if I've ever shared this on my channel because I don't know how it may be relevant, but one of the main reasons on top of many of the reasons why I started my channel One of them was actually going through what we went through at the age that we went through when social media with Instagram was just starting to blow up. I was just thinking to myself like, man, I know for a fact that every person, no matter if they're a celebrity, if they're, you know, anything in between, we're all human at the end of the day. So we all go through these very human experiences. If one of the Kardashians of the world, one of the Jenners of the world, if one of them were just a bit more transparent with their mental health. I feel like now, 10 years later, a lot of people have been more open. I know like Kendall Jenner started her own collab with Vogue talking about mental health, but like a decade ago when it was just blowing up, if these people who had like massive followings were a bit more transparent with their feelings, the things that they're going through, the fact that their life even though it looks perfect, is not, and they still have struggles, it would have comforted a lot of people, including myself. Yeah. Regardless if I look up to them, the fact that this person whose life looks perfect, if they're letting me and the rest of the world know that they still go through the same things that we go through, it would have been able to help so many people. Yeah. So I think that's kind of like one reason why I like started my YouTube channel. And me sharing this is to kind of go back to what you're saying of, I just remember thinking when we see these moments on Instagram, especially when it was predominantly photos, it's just this one millisecond snapshot of a person's like 24 hours. And even though it may seem like their life is like this way and that way, we're all human. It's natural for us to want to show and share what's best. But a lot of times, like these friends or these people we follow, like they may be doing really well, but they they also may not be. They may be unhappy in like other ways. I think it's just like the FOMO, the comparison. Yeah. I think that's what I've found can be helpful. But even then, even if I know, sometimes it's still hard to be like, okay, I know this is just one second of their day and like I shouldn't compare. But like it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Social media is also such a new thing like it blew up in the last decade like the effects of it are coming out now you know like Mm -hmm. there's more and more research on that now I think part of the issue is that we were also just not taught how to use it in a healthy way we're not taught about understanding and managing our emotions in Mm -hmm. school Mm -hmm. right and so 
you're comparing yourself and then you're not understanding what the feelings are behind that and you go down these very dangerous black holes Mm. i think a positive that has come out of this is just like you said people are a lot more transparent now not fully and i think that's something to be aware about too even if someone seems like they're being very honest and transparent on social media it's only still a part of their life it's what they're willing to share in that moment. You really don't know if someone put down their phone right after they posted that and started crying. You have no idea. And so I'm thankful that there is a lot more awareness when it comes to mental health and that we're able to find that on social media now. At the same time, I still think we have a long ways to go, especially for the next generation of people. I think the craziest thing, people who work to build these social media networks have come out now to Mm. share that, (laughs) dude, this is, okay, I'm quoting, his name is Chamath Palapalathia. He has a really great podcast with three other guys that James, my boyfriend, absolutely loves called the All In Podcast. He joined Facebook in 2007. I think he was like one of the first people to join the company. He was the VP of user growth and he says... He feels tremendous guilt about the company he helped make. I think we have created tools that are ripping apart the social fabric of how society works. He also talks about how it's like a short-term dopamine-driven feedback loop we've created and how it's like destroying society. So basically it's like the likes, the comments, going back to what you're saying about like addiction, right? It's like the same thing with like drugs. We get these micro doses of happiness when we get a like, when we get a comment, when just like when we see these things that it's making us feel good. So we want more and more of it and we crave more and more for it. If we're not intentional about it, then that's going to take over how we exist. Yeah. If that's all we're chasing, which is honestly a drug. Yeah. It really is like a drug. <laughs> I mean, I think it it's you're chasing external validation for a sense of self-worth. Mm-hmm. Essentially, a like, a follow, an increase in whatever metrics feels like attention. And we all know that at the end of the day, external validation is not long lasting. It's not going to make you happy, feel at peace, feel whole on the inside. It always starts from within, right? And so now you're in a place where you have to balance your online presence and your offline presence. And it's very easy to get sucked into the world of online. You have to take a few steps back and really think, how am I going to value myself? Is my value this number on social media? Is it How many people react to my story? Is it I have to go do all these cool, fun things so that people can see the fun life that I'm living? Is that really for you or is that for other people? Yeah, and I feel like we've been talking a lot about like the mental implications of Instagram. Mm -hmm. Another thing I'm going to go off script a little here is also how quickly information spreads Mm -hmm. for better or worse. That's another thing that Chamath and his group of buddies were talking about recently too. It's kind of scary. It can be scary how information or misinformation can spread on both sides and how it's possible to elicit or like to bring out such rage in people. I mean, I feel like the extreme sells in a way. And so when you're in the gray, when you're in the middle, that stuff is not going to be picked out by the algorithm. Mm -hmm. And so to be aware to what you're consuming and how much of it is 
actually not in your control because we're not doing the chronological order in 2016 anymore. <laughs> we're doing an algorithm that we really don't know about, right? I feel like every year or every few months, content creators, influencers, they have to readjust to a new feature that Instagram pushes out because all of a sudden the algorithm changes. And so they need to figure out, you know, how to keep that engagement high. But that's the scary thing because Instagram is a company. It's there to make money. It has ads. There's all these features now to buy things on it. And so at the end of the day, it's not like a diary where you're just posting these flat images online for your memories or to share with your community. It's a business and it's being run that way. I think moral of the story here is just to be very, I mean, we talk about this all the time, but just to be very mindful of the content that you're consuming. If you're looking at your friend's stories and, you know, it's just like puppies and updates and life, I think, you know, you don't need to really look at that with a grain of salt. The good is that a lot of people can be more aware of a lot of social issues. But the other side of that is also, I think we still need to be very intentional with how we're consuming content. Because I think it's easy to click through stories or scroll through Instagram and see 10 people posting the same thing. And then your brain will be like, okay, 10 people who I relatively trust posted this thing. So therefore it is truth. There's still value and virtue in doing the research and like looking into these causes and or issues yourself. I mean, this is more about like social stuff. Yeah. If it's just friends with puppies and like going on vacations with them, I I think that's fine. (laughs) Um, But if it makes you feel FOMO, if it makes you feel less than, I think that's another thing to be mindful of. But in general, just being very mindful of what we consume. I'm just going to leave it here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what are ways that you have What are things that you have done that have helped you be more intentional with how you consume content while using Instagram? I think one thing that has helped a lot is muting people or friends who I still love and still want to follow, but just like for my mental health and for myself, turning some stories off so that you don't see things that may potentially trigger you. Yeah, I just think in general, I'm a pretty calm, positive person person I would like to surround myself with that even if something big is happening around the world even if there's like insane injustice I would still like to approach it from a more calm and logical place because the end goal for me is like I want to help solve this thing that's happening or like try to figure out a way to solve it for me when it comes to social issues I just try not to consume that on Instagram at all because I just don't know who created the original post. I don't know how much of it is warped. It reminds me of telephone, the game when you play as a kid Mm -hmm. and things just get so twisted and you can't base, you can't really understand a situation from like a 380 by 380 pixel. I don't, I don't know what the Instagram (laughs) pixel is, but a little square. Yeah. Like you can't, you know, I would rather take time to read about it outside I guess for me, how social media affects me, a lot of it has to do with my idea of myself and my self-worth and identity. And so I've learned that, let's say I'm struggling with body image and I'm following a bunch of models. That's not going to help me. I know for some people it might, maybe it serves as your motivation to work out a certain way. But for me, I just know that in the past that has not worked out for me. I have a hard time following certain accounts, right? And so you have to take inventory. Like you have to ask yourself those questions of why is this making me feel not good? I do mute 
some stories and maybe what they're posting is not what I need to see right now at this time in my life. And I'll unmute them later on when I'm ready. But it has nothing to do with what I feel towards them. It's more a reflection of my inner world. Mm -hmm. It's just this moment in time, whatever you're dealing with, be mindful of that and figure out little ways to help yourself Mm -hmm. and protect yourself. Yeah. One thing I'm realizing as we're recording this is also we can get to this in a bit, but I think like there's a lot of good that social media has brought Mm -hmm. and there's also a lot of negative. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the negative as I'm doing right now in this podcast is like self-censorship of scared of saying the wrong thing, scared of being misunderstood or like misrepresent or like, you know, people can take what you say and spin it many different ways. Going back to like, what's it like having your job kind of tied to social media? Right. This is the deeper layer that I just thought about where I have so many creator friends who would avoid more like controversial topics. I really do think it's purely because of the fear that they don't want to say the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they've said something in the past and gotten minor backlash. So they're like, okay, I'm never going to do this again. And I feel like this is a, a sort of social conditioning that has even conditioned me. I have this side of me that's like, I want to be perfect. I want to be liked. I want people to perceive me as this person who is kind and blah, blah, blah. When people don't see me in that light or like when I like quote unquote made a mistake in their eye and like they come for you, it like broke me. An example was I I worked with McDonald's for an Instagram post and like people were so mad. Like I get it. I get like maybe it wasn't the most on brand thing for Rowena to do. But it's also like growing up, like I did go to McDonald's a lot, you know, and sometimes I'll still go there now. And I get that. I think people forget that you're human and it's not so extreme. Like, yes, you might, you know, you might have a brand of taking care of yourself, being healthy, etc. McDonald's might be in the quote unhealthy bucket (laughs) and it's like unethical and all of these things but yeah I don't know I just think like when all of that happened I was not mentally prepared to handle all of that and so I kind of like crumbled and like Mm -hmm. I said sorry and you know I like went out of my way to say sorry and like wrote this post I think in retrospect it was a very present and very I wouldn't say it's like it's very big but like it's a part of my childhood yeah I should be able to say that proudly without feeling like I offended people and I need to recorrect myself so that I can fit into this mold or this image that people perceive me as no that makes perfect sense because when you're looking at Instagram, the content that you consume is very quick and you get a lot of it really fast. So you're making really, really fast judgments. But when you actually think about how you connect with another person, you have to have real conversations in person, over the phone, over FaceTime for years before you fully understand someone's full story and picture and people forget that because we are on Instagram all day long we are fed things without thinking that I actually don't know this person I really shouldn't be so quick to judge someone based off of one thing it's still I'm I'm personally still learning how to balance that because I catch myself making those quick judgments as well but I need to remember not to right like In the same way that seeing someone's perfect life 
in that split moment makes me feel like, oh, I know them. I know that they're happy. I know that they have a great career. They're so successful. It's not the case. Like it's really not what is reality at all. Having seen friends and having, I mean, I don't think I was really on the other side of being counselor, at least not yet, but (laughs) having seen like close friends gone through that and seen how some people react, like it's, it's inhumane. People don't even treat you as like a person anymore just because of this thing that no one really has a full picture of. And I just think it's very unhealthy. And it honestly, it makes my blood boil when I see how people can talk about others. There's a lot of trolling on the internet and cyberbullying. And this reminds me of an episode. I It was a podcast episode with Madison Beer. Mm-hmm. I don't follow her, so I don't really know her, but I just know she has a very big online presence. Mm-hmm. I think she's a singer. And she was saying how because she became famous very early on in her career, I think she was 12 or 13, she experienced a lot of cyberbullying and it really, really affected her mental health and people were just savages. But she also said on the podcast that not once has anyone come up to her face to say these things to her in person. Not a single person has ever done that to her in her career. That's like crazy to me, you know, that like so many people can hide behind a screen and be so quick to judge, so mean. And actually, it really does impact someone else's life. But they would never do it in person. Okay, so with all this talk about Instagram and our mental health and all of these shades, if you think back to when were the times you had the healthiest relationship with it, what did that look like? And what are some new tips and tricks you're thinking of implementing into this new year? When I think about when I had the healthiest relationship with it, it was when I was not on it as much. I didn't have it deleted, but I just wasn't as active on it. For me, something that I want to do more of this year is reprioritizing and focusing how I spend my time. I think investing that time back into myself, whether it's journaling, you know, reaching out to friends, connecting with them in my offline world is definitely something that I want to do more of this year. I kind of struggled with that in 2021, which is interesting because I think more people struggled with that in 2020 because of the shock of the pandemic. But 2021 was a little bit harder for me. So that's something that I definitely want to do. Also, when I am on Instagram to be more intentional with how I use it and just be more mindful overall with what things come up as I'm using it. Hmm. How about yourself? Well, I would say in my life, I think when I had the healthiest relationship with social media and or my phone, was on my 20th birthday where I lost my BlackBerry. Like, first of all, you don't need a BlackBerry as a 20-year-old. There's no emails I had to respond to. It's just like BBM with friends. So when I lost my phone, I downgraded to a flip phone. A month turned into half a year. And honestly, even though T9 texting, for those who are younger, it's like you you have to hit every like number one is ABC and you just hit it however many times you want the letter. So even though it was that, it just like took so much you just didn't have to feel as connected. Even back then with like BBM is just texting, but you felt like you constantly have to be like checking on your friends and everything. When you really think of 
the function of a phone, to me at least, is to help you connect with people and to help you like reach people that you're trying to reach when you need to reach them. Or like if they need to reach you, they can reach you too. So it's really just like connecting, calls, text messages, I guess. And again, if this wasn't my job, I think I'd like, I'd love to get a flip phone. I know Matt (laughs) Devella created a video where he used a flip phone for 30 days and I'm sure it was like groundbreaking and like amazing. And talking about more practical tips is to, I think number one, just turn off all notifications to social media, especially Instagram. I don't think you need to know when someone hearts a photo or when you get a DM or when you get a comment on your post or when someone follows you. Those things you can all batch check. It's kind of like how you batch emails or you batch work. You can just batch check who is liking your stuff. And then with like DMs, you're like, okay, but what if my friends need to reach me? I think if someone really needs to reach you, they'll text you or they'll call you. So I think there's always ways people can reach you if they need to and if it's urgent. Of course, there's also things like focus mode or do not disturb. I found that it's like it's really, really, really helped me. Another thing you can do is putting your phone away, either in your purse, in a drawer when you're working or just like in a completely different room. I think it's natural instinct by now like if we want to talk about addiction we can but it's like if my phone is next to me and i have a second to breathe i'll pick it up and i'll go on instagram but if it's in a drawer or if it's not on the desk i don't even think about it which is crazy and there's studies that have shown that if you have a phone at the dining table or like when you're eating with friends if a phone is present even if it's just laying on the table and you're not using it that still impacts the depth of the conversation versus if it, if it's just like two people connecting without a phone in sight. So I think like that was, I was like, wow, that is crazy. Yeah, I guess like the very last thing is, you know, if you want to take stories and if you want to take photos and if you want to post on Instagram, I've learned that it's best if I take all the sh- stories and videos during the day, still being present with myself or with the people I'm with not touching or like thinking about posting until I have downtime. Yeah. Because you're not thinking about another online world and like missing out on your offline world. Yeah. I like those tips. I think one other thing I wanted to add is to prioritize consuming slower forms of media. Mm. Is that how you call is that what you call it? Yeah. I want to go back to reading more, listening to more audiobooks, even listening to podcasts. That's so much more helpful to me because it just slows my mind down. I'm still learning. I'm still connecting to someone in a way. I think listening to a voice is very intimate. With everything that we talked about today regarding Instagram and social media and its effect, I think the main takeaway for me is the importance of understanding that your online presence is only a part of your life. When you start valuing yourself based off of other things that are not dependent on external validation, likes, followers, etc., etc., naturally you'll feel more grounded and whole. And so when you do grab your phone to be on these platforms, hopefully it will have a less intense effect on you, right? And if you are feeling right now that you are very intensely impacted, then maybe it's a good time to put that away and focus on other things in your life, which is fine. Like you aren't going to be missing out. Everything's still going to be on there. And there are other forms and ways that you can connect, consume content and protect your, I think protecting your mental health and yourself is the most important thing in all of this. The more we're able to be grounded 
within ourselves and know what we truly value as people, the less will allow external things and external factors to influence us. It's like the whole thing, like you need to be your own anchor, no matter how strong the wind blows or how crazy the waters are and how shaky or whatever. If you are grounded and rooted and anchored in yourself and your beliefs, your ship will still move around because you're on water and like we're humans but it won't be swaying from like the pacific ocean to the to the atlantic i can't speak but it won't be swaying from the pacific ocean all the way to the atlantic and back yeah so with all of that being said we hope you guys enjoyed today's episode and that there was something you could take away with you as you enter the new year as always sending everyone a voice hug voice hug and be sure to follow us on socials send us dms give us a like give us a follow just kidding you don't have to if you guys do have questions or topic requests questions that you want us to answer it can be about literally anything send it our way hello at voicehugspodcast.com see you guys hear you guys in the next episode no you're you'll hear us <laughs> okay bye <laughs> bye